0: Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome the wonderful Melanie Hudson. Melanie and I were fast friends and connect with our strong emotive and expressive energy. Melanie is a women's empowerment advocate, teacher of the energetic arts, and author of the book, Sexy, Spirited and Strong, which is a guidebook for women to developing and building their self-confidence and self-worth. And she also authored the guidebook, Venus Rising Yoni Yoga. On this episode, we get deep into the idea of the yoni, as well as a really, elaborate and expansive conversation around self-esteem, self-worth, and our views of ourselves in general as individuals and a society, how we got to the point where we are and how we can find our way out of this place. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Melanie. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hey, Whitney. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So excited to have you on the show. Finally, you and I have been talking about this for quite some
1: time. I think we first met about a year ago. Yes. Yep. Yep. And I've been in so in awe of you. And I've been listening to some of your podcasts, and I just love what you're doing. And I'm so grateful and honored to be one of your guests. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Melanie. You're always so sweet with your words. And I appreciate that. It's so nice to find women that are also emotive and expressive and, and who encourage and support you.
1: Yes, yeah, that's what I'm all about.
0: Yeah, and we we met in a business coaching program led by Jessica Hadari and I think that that's been really helpful for me is to have other women but also, you know, business people, business women who are there to, you know, see you and honor you and support and encourage your endeavors. So very grateful for you and very excited for you as well. And I'm very inspired by the work that you do and everything that you've already accomplished, which I'd love to get started and and talk about. So Melanie, you are a women's empowerment advocate. Yes. And a teacher of the energetic arts. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. I feel like (laughs) that painting behind you is that essence? To me, it looks like women's <laughs> empowerment and the arts and everything, all it's gorgeous, it almost looks like dragons,
1: and I like it. Yes, it does. <laughs> did you it paint does. that? I did. I did. Oh it was gosh. a creative flow, a creative flow. Just great. Just For those who are watching food.
0: on YouTube, they can see this gorgeous painting. But if you're listening, uh, you're just gonna have to get on YouTube so you can see <laughs> it. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, and you've also written two books. You're an author.
1: I am. You wrote
0: Sexy, Spirited, and Strong. Yes. Fantastic title. And Venus Rising Yoni Yoga Guidebook. Guidebook. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's that's a mouthful, but it's a wonderful mouthful of many different <laughs> things. Can you, I want to hear about both of them. I want to hear everything, but Venus Rising Yoni Yoga. So first of all, let's break it down a little. Yoni is a big theme for you. That's a big part of your work is the focus on Yoni, Yoni power. I know you do Yoni yoga, like in this guidebook. Mm -hmm. What is the Yoni for those of us who are not in the know? I've heard the term for the first time like two years ago. I'm not late to the game, but what is a Yoni?
1: Well, Yoni is actually your vulva and vagina, actually the whole uh, reproductive area of a woman and yoni is the sanskrit word that actually means vagina or vulva it also means source because in um you know the ancient ancient days when sanskrit was first developed and that was in like 1500 BCE, if not earlier, uh, it was considered, the goddess was considered the creatrix of all of the universe and everything was born out of her womb. And so she is the source, her womb is the source of everything. So that's one thing, one way we can think about our yoni. It is a really powerful powerful source for we mortal women as well.
0: Well, it sounds like it when you put it that way. (laughs) So, how do we honor our yoni now with that image and idea in mind? How do you help women? Because to me, that what that's equating to for me is honoring the power within us, you know, that we're not just, you know, these small insignificant beings, that we actually have the greatest source of power right with us. Or we're a part of that, or we have some piece of it. What is your view on that?
1: Well, the reason I actually created uh, Yoni Yoga, this version of Yoni Yoga, because there are other versions of Yoni Yoga out there uh, that that have been created by other yoga teachers. The reason I did it is because the whole beginning of my work, the whole foundation of all of my work is women's self-esteem. And that's what my first book, uh, Sexy, Spirited and Strong, Becoming a Positive Energy Woman, is all about. It's how can we raise our self-esteem, and I do it with uh, energetic practices from Tantra and Taoism, I I offer ideas and concepts and and, uh, exercise from the Divine Feminine, from quantum physics, and then just good old solid practical information on personal transformation and development. So when I was doing my sexy, spirited and strong work, I really began to realize that in women, our yoni is where our power exists. It's where uh our sexual energy. It dwells and our sexual energy is the most powerful energy in our body. It's used to not only help us become sexual and helps us be women and helps uh, our power, um, but it's also the vital life force that keeps us alive and helps us be creative. Um, our our yoni is also the foundation of our spirit as women. You know, we were born the minute we were born. Actually, men too. When you're born a baby, immediately is identified by the genitals and so we're like it's a girl and then suddenly everything is all about our little vaginas and our little yonis and we're girls and we're raised like girls um and so it's a part of our history and it's a a part of our makeup our yoni is also the source of our wisdom and it's um so it's a really big part of our spirit so i and also the physical aspects not to mention the physical aspects which besides being our identification it holds a baby it can hold it can bring incredible pleasure to your own self and to a a a, a partner and it and these muscles are like pretty strong and we can we have can master we can master them unfortunately women are not trained to know about their yoni they don't know about their muscles they don't know about the power within they don't know that it's the source of their feminine power and so that's why i created venus rising yoni yoga to help women get in touch with all of those aspects so hopefully the, my goal is for every woman to feel beautiful, to feel confident that she's a woman, to do away with any of the conditioning, any of the limiting beliefs that she may have learned as she grew up, that society places on us about sexuality and step into her power.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is so incredible, Melanie. And, you know, I think what's interesting is that in the time that we're in, the story that we have about women, or I think sort of the idea that most of us have is sort of this duality of you know feeling very disempowered as a woman or trying too hard to push our power as a woman, which is like this, this push and pull. And I feel like within that is what you're talking about, just this, because the greatest power is always... It's not pushing or pulling, it just is, right? It's what's, and to me, that's what I'm visiting when you say the yoni. It's just like, it's just like buzzing energy, you know, not this like forceful thing. It's just like, wow, this is where life begins. This is like the essence, this is source right here. And because when you describe it that way, I think most people in general are either trying to prove something or disprove, right? Like as a woman, like, well, I'm not too needy or I need this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I think it's hard for us to sit with especially our sexual power and prowess. Yeah, I think it's hard to own it and have a relationship with it that is balanced and healthy and not feel like we're either afraid of it because Mm -hmm. we've been abused, because we've been told certain things about our value and our power or to not want to try and like push it on someone. Like, you know... I, I am, I am sexy and I am good and you have to want me, you know, I, myself, I know that I've struggled with that of like, oh, well, you know, don't, don't see me, like, don't see me just as an object. But at the same time, it's like, well, see me, see how I'm sexual enough. I'm sexy enough. Like, tell me, show me, give me validation. So, and I think that it's, I'm not alone in that. I think that it's a common struggle for women is like, how do we wield this amazing power that we have
1: mm-hmm.
0: between our legs
1: within us, that Yoni? <laughs> Wow! Well, yeah, that is beautiful what you just related because it is so true. We are in a dichotomy. It is here we are. We have this power. Many of us were raised to to not show that power, and yet you know uh, the the fact is that our sexual energy and our yoni is a part of our biological drive. It is going to just drive us. We're, you know, it's we're we are programmed to mate and create. And so we are going to have that that physical thing. I mean, I remember before I really got involved in uh knowing myself and loving myself, that's what drove me. It was like, oh my God, I gotta have a partner. I got to have a man. I really want to be with somebody. Um I oh I always felt like I needed someone to fulfill myself, even though I was still very fulfilled on my own. I was developing a you know, a career when I was younger, but there was that drive that was insatiable. Mm-hmm. And so it, w- it wasn't until I really learned who I am as an energetic woman that I could, I don't know what the word would be, settle down on that. And I also the other thing that was a really big part of my life and which is a big part of my life, uh, a big part of my change transformation many, many years ago was studying Tantra because the what I learned in Tantra is that, first of all, I'm a goddess. Before before Tantra, I did not believe that. I was raised in a patriarchal world where goddesses were idols that you went to hell for if you, if you worshipped them. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, I realized I was a goddess. And then I realized that I'm an energetic being. And so that's when I started learning about sexual energy. That's when I started to learn how to... Uh, transmute that energy so that I could use it to fill my heart, to learn how to really connect with somebody, to really love myself, to burn through old limitations, old limiting beliefs, burn through crap that had been holding me back and um, making me really unhappy because I had low self-esteem. Believe me, when I was younger, I had really low self-esteem and and so getting in touch with that aspect of myself, my sexual energy, learning really what it was, and using it to as a transformational tool, that's how I was able to transcend that whole thing about, I'm a woman, I need to be seen, uh, I need a man, I need a partner, and then just love myself. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong either with being in a really good physical relationship there there is nothing wrong with that as long as the relationship is um, something where you feel fulfilled you feel respected you you know you honor your partner you're really relating to each other as divine beings mm-hmm. you, you know wonderful uh, the, and appreciating the wonderful aspects of each other and that's really empowering as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So just so that helps me to get through a lot of the cultural ideas about sexuality as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when you describe that, you know, as in, in my work as a therapist, I will when I work with women, I often encourage them to visualize themselves when it ta- when I talk about gaining that self esteem and self confidence and really owning and honoring our power and ourself and who we are that I use visualization of a throne, you know, and most of us are like hiding behind our throne or like sitting next to it. And we're like, I can't sit there. Like, who am I to sit in a throne? Which is kind of the same question is who am I to be the goddess? I can't, I'm just me, just me with my, you know, my faults and my insecurities. And I am reminded every single day of what, how I don't measure up and how I'm not as impressive as this person, or I'm not good enough at this. So I can't sit here. But the reality, just like the reality, is that we all have a yoni. We all have a throne that we are welcome to sit within. We are—that's actually our right, and you know, it's our birthright to acknowledge our yoni because we're born with it. But it's as if we're not connected to it. And the, what you're describing, I feel that your books tie together really beautifully because it's almost like the pathway to this you know your yoni is is self confidence it's yes. walking that path is, is knowing your value your worth your ability that you are perfect and powerful and a part of source and god is just as you are you don't need anything right but it does take that effort to sort of gain that understanding for yourself of that, that that's what it is i just visualize this path to like the yoni throne,
1: if you will. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're absolutely right. It, you know, we really to get to that place of being uh, confident in ourselves and loving ourselves and just realizing that we're not really just a human being. That's one of the biggest concepts that helped me, that would help people want women sit in that throne. Yeah. We are like we're we're connected. And when you think about the whole quantum physics thing, We're first of all, we're all connected. You and I were connected. Everyone that's listening, we're all a part of this quantum field of love, intelligence, and beauty. And then that field is infinite. And that is the universe that is God. A lot of people call it God goddess. So and also, by the way, I am very much into science of mind uh, philosophy. And that is a big part of the philosophy that everything is God and we are emanations of god so when so we it's so important for us to recognize the characteristics in ourselves and to love every tiny little bit if i'm feeling insecure well that's a bit of goddess coming through goddess is insecure i feel overpowering today well that's okay there's an aspect of goddess that's overpowering today you know in fact the one thing another p- part of my practice and teaching is that there are thousands of emanations of goddesses that have been worshipped through history and every one of these emanations of goddess represent an aspect of the divine and we have that we have all of these different characteristics of the goddesses you know goddess this is the other thing a lot of people uh picture of the goddesses as flowing, beautiful, uh, soft, la-la-la kind of divine being. But no, goddess is like, she can take a million forms. She can be a warrior. Yes, fierce. She can be, have pulled spears. She can yell and ah. she, you know, she is everything. She can be dirty, clean, loud, soft, It's it's and so we are all of that as well, and so honoring each part of that in ourselves is such a big part of self love and realizing that every little emanation, every characteristic that society says, oh that's that's not right or that's not great, that's not good. Yes, it is because that's that is an ex that's a an expression of the divine and that's who we are and it we it's vital that we all love and appreciate that and understand that about ourselves.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And so here's the question, Melanie, that I always ask myself and that's been brought up many times on this podcast is why is it that when that's the inherent innate truth of who and what we are, a part of source, perfect, pure, energetic beings that are all connected, not separate... Never defective, always complete, always powerful. Why is it that rather than being more prone to feel that way and embrace that and embody that, that we, most of us embody the exact opposite, which is deep insecurity, plummeting self-esteem, living our life constantly trying to gain that worth and esteem through other means? Why do you think it is that we're in this place where we, our default is to feel less than, worthless, not confident,
1: asking, do I even matter? It's a very, very good question. I know a lot of people are studying that. I believe our culture has a lot to do with it. It really does. And unfortunately, our culture is... So based on technology right now, and it's based on uh, social media, you know, we've heard a lot of statistics about social media, how young women are suffering deep, deep, I mean, uh, huge numbers of low self-esteem based on social media. There are are so many more suicides among young people because they feel inadequate. They feel uh, they're, they're comparing themselves. Also... You know, I do feel that in, and it's been happening a lot more since COVID because we're not able to really be in community. We're separated. We're being with somebody in person and going to a per- performance. For example, I went to a play for the first time in two and a half years last weekend, and being in a performance is completely different than watching something on a computer screen because there are people, there is energy, there is not just the energy of each person, there's an energy that's happening uh, from the event, from the collective energy. And it was a community experience and we're lacking community desperately right now. And, um, you know, I I do feel that unfortunately that our politics has a lot to do with it. There is such a separation of people because, of politics. There's low consciousness. There's little, there is no caring about the planet because it's all about profit. We, the other problem is that this is a, a very expensive society and we have to survive. We're in a place where we're going to have to do whatever it takes to survive. So there's huge competition and that it's an unfortunate part of our culture. But I do think that that is just a few bits and pieces of why we are comparing ourselves to others, not feeling our goddessness, that we're letting our culture get in the way of the divine. Yeah, And it is a practice, you know, it's a practice to stay conscious, to be in that place where you are not sucked into the three-dimensional world. And the three-dimensional world is a suck You know, it's the, the the divine is a lot bigger and, and it is a conscious effort to stay connected.
0: Yeah. Yet, I think the hopeful part is that being connected is actually the most effortless thing there is because it's our most natural state. It is our state. Yes. The state that we are in naturally, but yet I feel the state that we're in is almost it's ironic that it, we feel like it's the natural state now because it has to be forced because what you just everything you just described to me always brings it back to we're fixated on those things when we're looking outside of ourselves you know we're looking just ahead like in this you know peripheral or sorry this like you know tunnel vision of what do i have what do i need is like we're constantly asking that so we're constantly looking outside and it's, it's like if you're constantly looking out of where you are, you're never giving any acknowledgement to where you're, where you're being, right? If you're looking to like where you're going, what about where you are? And you're not giving acknowledgement to yourself. So as long as we're focused on externals and preoccupied with them, mostly because of fear, you know, we're afraid that we're not going to get something that we care about or we're going to lose something that we care about. Yes, So we're constantly scanning the horizon for that and never acknowledging or appreciating what we actually have right with us, which is eternal, imminent power, right? A huge amount of power and source. It's right with us, but we ignore it. We turn away from it. And Mm -hmm. we say, no, what I really need is external validation and achievement and success. When it's like that is so minuscule to the power that's right within us. It's like the greatest irony Ever, which is why I feel like we're really just in like this big story that culminates when we all figure out the truth, which is what so many of us are starting to bring forward. Mm -hmm. I think each of us are gaining this like kernel of the truth and we're all kind of collectively gathering this pile of truth that's going to eventually, you know, ignite into this, you know, beautiful burning revelation, which is, oh my God, we don't need all these things. (laughs) We don't exactly. have to live like this. We can totally change the way that we operate and live in this world to the point where we always we don't feel insufficient, we always feel sufficient. We don't feel lack, we always know that we have. We don't feel disconnected, we feel connected. Yeah. We don't feel lack of value. We know that we are have of infinite value and worth just as we are. Yes. I feel like we're working our way to that and it's a part of like the whole game of life, maybe is just to remember that.
1: Beautiful. You are so, so smart. And it is so, so true. You know, a huge part of it is, uh, like you were saying, it's the drive that we need to succeed. We need to have, and consumerism is crazy. We need to look a certain way. That is another crazy aspect about being a woman. Is yes, emphasis on our appearance, which you know we all want to look good. We all want to look beautiful. We all want to present ourselves to the world so that we look attractive. But there is so much pressure to be perfect that it's uh, it affects way too many women's self-esteem
0: absolutely and and another part this makes me think of is and i thought of this earlier melanie when you were speaking when you're talking about really the yoni like it's like you're you're harnessing all this power that you have within you and as soon as that and you're you know saying like well when people don't use that it's kind of like chaotic and they're trying to like gather their power to me that it reminds me of why we develop addictions It's because we don't believe that we have something. So we're constantly seeking it and we get, and we find a spot where it's like, oh, if I drink, then I feel like I get the power. If I have sex, I get the power. So it's, we think that we only have the power when we get it from something else, but where is that power coming from? It's the source within us. You know what I mean? Like it kind of lights it up, whatever our addiction is. That's why we can literally be addicted to anything. Right, yeah. Anything that lights up that little you know circuit for us that makes us believe that we have the power from as a result of something else is can become addictive you're like well i need more of this it feels so good but again the irony it's it's not coming from somewhere else it's just lighting something up that's already within us and to me that again reminds me of the yoni it's like that we think we don't have this power to utilize but it's sitting there waiting for us to acknowledge it back to the other point about women and how we look Oh, I mean, yeah. talk about addictive, you know, I mean here, and that's why, you know, I started Women Waken is really to bring awareness to the concepts of the divine feminine and mostly just to help people to talk about this. Cause everything we're talking about now are concepts of the divine feminine balance, mm-hmm. harmony, peace, love for ourselves, unconditional love, compassion for one another community, things that are of, you know, grounding and root, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, You know, I am one of the most insecure people in the world at times. And I I, there have been times in my life where I would do anything just to be like the most attractive person. And it's hard to break that because it is addictive. Mm -hmm. You know, because as a woman, when you feel like how you look determines how people will treat you. Yeah, that's hard to be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine if, I, you know, people don't really acknowledge it my existence, but like, I'm all good. I have a lot of confidence. It's hard to be that strong in this world and, and to have, you know, tap into your yoni and your core self so well that you're like, I don't need that. Most of us are totally dependent on other people to show us mm-hmm. our value. Yeah. Right. From a young age, you know, when we go to school for the first time, it's how our peers treat us is what we start to believe about ourselves. Oh, I'm popular. I'm well-liked. Oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, I'm I'm bullied. People are mean. And I I didn't do anything. I don't know why. I just, the way that I look, people make comments. And -hmm. it's devastating to us as humans because again, we don't, we aren't born with the message or the really the encouragement or teachings that who you are is perfect and fine. And you have all the value within you. We're really told, no, your value is what other people think of you. And you better hope that you have it, because if you don't, you're not going to make it in this world. Wow. is the message we're getting. Yeah. But it's not true. And it's so devastating, you know, and especially when you think about little kids and the way that they suffer from this, but even adults and, you know, humans that will be on their deathbed and think, oh my God, I can't believe I spent this whole time worrying what people think. I wish I had liked myself this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I still tell myself that every day I'm like, okay, today I'm really just gonna celebrate who I am. And then something happens, and I'm like, oh, I can't, not today because this happened, <laughs> you know. Oh my god right. Time. So that's why women like you are so amazing. I think we need more books like this and more groups and gathering and people coming together and not just you know to to just like cheer and champion. I mean, that's important, but to just really practice ways to truly learn how to tap into this and know Mm -hmm. the truth because it really is the truth. It's not even just like a pie in the sky, you know, idealistic view. Mm -hmm. That's what I always say that I think is interesting is when you speak of this way, people will say it's woo. People Mm -hmm. will say it's, oh, that's spiritual crap. People will say it's idealism, but -hmm. it's actually just realism. Yeah,
1: It's what is so. yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and it's so interesting too about the yoni because, you know, I have I actually have friends who you know they they're not interested in yoni yoga, and I'm like, why? What? Just out of curiosity, tell me why is this class not interesting to you? And she goes. Well, you know, one of my friends said, well, that down there is not something that we need to spend time on. I'm like, okay, that down there. And then uh, somebody else said, well, we have other things that that are more important. I'm like, okay, all right. So, you know, it's like we're, I mean, those are really clear, learned messages from our society, that that's not important that's not really anything to spend time on and heaven forbid it have a name it is just down there so <laughs> you know it, it's uh it is really sad it is really sad and it is a part of um gosh so much to to you know touch on when you were talking about little kids even uh, in the classrooms, you know, I don't know what it's like now. I'm, I'm not familiar with the statistics now, but I do know a few years ago that there was an automatic preference uh, for boys, that the boy called upon more to answer questions, uh, they were considered the leaders and that type of thing. So the girl's self esteem plummeted from the time they were age 9 to the time they were in high school. I mean that's that is a statistic that's still uh is still accurate that a girl's self-esteem will plummet from the age of 9 to the time she's into high school. And I do believe a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know they're treated differently. And so that is uh, a part of our culture and also learning about the yoni we think of it only as reproductive organ, uh, you know, yeah, and it gives pleasure too, but, or it's so exploited, you know, the problem is it is so exploited. Women, you know, as powerful as we are, and as and as many of us, as powerful as many of us want to be, so many women are you know, sexually abused. They were taken advantage of. There's a huge percentage of sex crimes. Um, thank God for the Me Too movement. Thank God for that. But um, you know, so much human trafficking because of the sexual aspect. These freaky, sicko men who want to take advantage of young girls and, and women. And it just, it's still pervasive. It's an underground, but we can feel it in the collective. And there's a fear among women. And I really do, we, that might even be a part of the reason that women don't want to address it because there is a fear of, of it, a fear that we're either going to uh, be taken advantage of or, you know, let's not think about it. Because it's a danger zone. And you know, and that
0: goes back to the dichotomy we described, where on the one hand, it's wow, I do have this powerful, beautiful, amazing thing. Because the yoni really is a euphemism for a woman. I mean, she's soft and delicate and beautiful and brilliant and at the same time it's strong and it's powerful and it can take a lot <laughs> and you know yes. it can take giving birth it can take being penetrated it can do yeah. it all right it's not going to like fall flat <laughs> right exactly so um but then there's that same fear where but it can also be violated and it is exploited and it is mostly mocked and seen as just You know, something that other people want for their own gain. So, where is the Yoni really able in our society to kind of take a step in this, you know, sort of honorary fashion where it's really seen
1: and respected? Because it's not right now. Right. It's, I mean, that's going to take a while to change the culture. A lot of it has to, we have to get more of a balance in our patriarchal culture, first and foremost. I mean, there are a lot of conservative people who women and men, you know, who uh, believe that the man, you know, masculine, the the male is the dominant force. And, uh, you know, a woman's body, obviously, we're having a battle now who is in control of the woman's body. Well, a lot of people don't want the woman to be in touch with her own body. You know, it's our culture. And it's It's hard to say where it's going to go because there is such a huge push right now of this conservative conservatism. It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. Um, And and it's also the patriarchal religions. You know, there luckily there is more acceptance of the small cultures of women's spirituality. You know, Wicca, uh, which is a female goddess based. Religion that is now considered a legal religion is actually acknowledged in the worlds of religion, and that happened—I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or 10 years ago. It's only you know recently that this one spiritual path is recognized as as a true form formal religion. Everything else is male, male, male god, male uh, preachers. Women aren't allowed to be. Uh, you know, priests and, you know, it's, it's just, I think that that needs to change as well. Um, We also, women also need to protect our yonis. You know, we're also, I can't blame men either, because women are also in control of their own bodies. And we need to honor our own bodies. Like right now, young women, I think are having sex and they don't even really know what's going on. They're doing it to please the guy. And heaven forbid, I think we all have done that. We've all gone there. We're And we're not honoring the treasure of our body. So we need to instill that. We need to embody that and teach that in our young women as well. Teach that,
0: we need to talk about that. I mean, that's something in sex ed classes, they'll tell you a lot about what you're not supposed to do and yeah. what's bad and the bad things that can happen to you with sex but not a lot about what sex is and also how to really tap into, again, not all these rules of like, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to do that. This is what's expected of me. But actually, what do I feel? Yeah. You know, Sex is a beautiful, wonderful thing when you know what you want, what yes. you enjoy, what feels good. I think that's another thing for a lot of women. They don't really know where they have the space to consider those things. Well, right. I don't really know what I like. All I know is what... This person might want or what's expected of me or what I'm supposed to do. And I, I still think a lot of women are afraid of sex and pleasure. Yes. When like, again, the yoni is just like this treasure trove of a pleasure. It has so many spots and centers. And, you yeah. know, I learned the other day, you can have five types of orgasms and like, woo, like <laughs> let's go. But instead, you know, so I wish that what's the harm in those things being talked about early on? What's the harm of telling people, hey? What do you feel about your body? Even like a teenager, it's okay for them. You know, not we don't have to encourage them either way. Like you need to do this or you shouldn't do this, but just start thinking about it. You know, you have a body, you have a yoni. You know,
1: I'd love to see those conversations get started. I really would. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, it would have to be done privately. It would have to be like a meetup group or a Facebook group because God forbid you you teach that in school. You know, it's such a
0: bizarre thing to not want to talk about something that's literally a part of our bodies. Like talk about the elephant in the room. It's like, it's right there. I don't know how you want me to pretend like it's not here because it's a gaping (laughs) hole right down there. And it's always
1: there every day. It's not going anywhere. Exactly. But it's all that part of that. I don't know what the word is, where it's, you know, the 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 avoidance or... Fear. I guess it's fear. Uh it, it is fear. You know, a lot of the a lot of the whole patriarchal power came because women are so powerful that they that there was a need to tamper down her power. You know, the the Christians and the you know, and the Catholics they do it all the time. It's like don't let them in. Don't let them in. You know, there are Bible verses that diminish the woman's power. Don't let her speak. Don't let her do this this, because we're so powerful. But I think the more dangerous thing was how can
0: we make her believe that she has nothing to say and that she isn't powerful and that she isn't smart. And I think then it kind of folded back in on itself where not only were we given that message, but then we were told, well, you should try to be that powerful and you should. And then so, you know, I think a lot of the feminist movement was, you know, rightfully so to create equality, but it was too much in the vein of be like a man rather than bring, because women's power is very different. The feminine power is very different than the masculine. They're both needed and incredible and divine, divine masculine, divine feminine. But when a woman's divinity is trying to be a masculine, it's out of its element, it's out of its element. We got to be in our element. So I think that was And I think that was almost kind of pushed by, you know, males, by male ideology was, well, women can fight for the positions that males have rather than let's figure out what women do best and let's give them an equal, equally powerful, equally significant position in their own right where they perform best rather than us feeling like we have to perform best at what we don't maybe inherently do the best, because it's not, and that's not to say that there aren't some women who are amazing in certain male roles, but where is the female role equivalent? Not like, okay, you have to fit into the CEO role of a male. Well, I can't because I'm a woman. So let me do it like a woman. But right now, if you do it like a woman, you're not going to ever get there. It's just the reality. You're not going to be president. If you try to be a divine feminine president right now, maybe I hope in my lifetime, maybe me or you or someone we know will get to run for president as the divine feminine essence. But right now that, that person's
1: not going to make it. Right? No, it's absolutely true. And you know, the thing about what you're what you were saying about women, w- women's liberation, women stepping into more of a male role, I do believe that it had to be that way for men to pay attention. You know, you're talking about, and actually, I'm thinking about the suffragette movement because it all started back. You know, in in America, it started yeah. in the 1800s, and you know, women were still wearing their dresses and they were on the streets. They were protesting. And they were, you know, they weren't really allowed to work. So when when, when it came to the uh, women's liberation movement of the '70s, and women were starting to go into the job market, they were wearing the pants, they were talking like men. I think it kind of had to be that way, or they would have never made it in that that exactly. that realm. Yeah. Which you know, and so now I feel we're in a position where we can maybe, if we wanted to, become a CTO, CEO. And you see, this is another question. The way companies are run, what woman would want to be a CEO? And that's and that, I, a lot. I mean, there, the question has come up that, yes, okay, so there are only so many women CEOs, but is it because they aren't being uh, promoted to be CEOs or because there just aren't that many candidates? I personally would never in a million years want to be a CEO yeah. and run a company. It is a God-forsaken, hard hard unforgiving job and i see men who do take these roles and they're they live completely out of balance they they're lot they're totally unhealthy they that's why there are so many heart attacks among men of course now women are getting a lot of heart attacks cuz now we're taking on really stressful jobs but um you know it's it, it, i don't know that women really want those roles i think we're becoming more aware of wanting the balance we we want creative jobs that are that allow us to not only live our gifts give our gifts but live a life of harmony that's i mean i left a corporate job because it was so out of balance and stressful and it didn't let me be me i wasn't me i was there to work like the worker bee so that I could help the company make a lot of money. And that's fine. They paid me yeah. for it. I was that was the exchange. Mm-hmm. But after a while, it's like, okay, that's not meaningful for me.
0: Yeah. So yeah. And, and that's what you you hear because you ask who wants to be a CEO, what woman wants to be a CEO? Well, who at all? Because at this point, with you know, the nature of of capitalism that we've created, you know, capitalism in general can be a beautiful idea, but the way it is now, it's almost like you get on this freight train and there's no getting off because you create an idea and you're like, oh, I'll be successful. But the reality is that people siphon into the energy that you create. If you bring it back to energetic bodies, everything is energy. When you create a big idea, it creates this momentum and this force that people want to get on board with. They want a part of it. So if you create the idea and it starts taking off, you really just kind of become beholden to those who are like attaching to you. And they're like, okay, we'll keep supporting your idea if you do that and this and the other thing. And then you're just, you have to please everyone. So, from what I've heard from stories of CEOs, is it really becomes it can become pretty miserable because you lose any sense of like this is my creation. It's like this has been taken over, and now I just have to please the you know those that that be. So, and and again, that's why I have this vision of a more feminine based capitalism, which is just this each of us supporting each other to create ideas that don't have to go. Because I think the problem is when we think about there's no end to growth, right? If we're, if we allow something to kind of blossom, like a tree, a tree Mm -hmm. or a flower will will eventually blossom to its potential. And Mm -hmm. then it lets it go. It doesn't try to force anymore. the, The way that things are now, when we create a company, we're like, okay, now we have to keep it growing every single day. The only thing that matters is how are the investments doing? How is it performing? How is it outperforming? How it was last week, yesterday, last month. And that's not sustainable.
1: You know what? You're so smart. You're like, (laughs) you really are. You're really, you really are. Because I recently heard about a company, a Dutch company who said exactly what you're saying. They said that, you know, when it comes to a great idea, exactly what you said, when a company has a great idea, the expectation is it's going to keep growing and there is a higher demand and the, the goals are set higher and higher and higher. You meet that goal. I've like, only well, sold a billion dollars. Great. Now go sell 1.2 billion. Now sell, sell 2 billion. And it's like never, ever ending. It is like an unquenchable wow. thirst for profit. Wow. And so this company in, um, this Dutch company came up with a whole different economic idea where the, there, and I can't explain it very well. I wish I could even remember what the, the uh what it was called, but instead of the chart going up, 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 it was like they created a circle so that more and more people would exactly as you said, would benefit from it, people would be happy, they would be profitable, fruitful, balanced. You know what? I'll look for that, that, that um that concept and I'll send it That's to gorgeous. you. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous, but I feel like
0: right now more people. We might not say it out loud, but our human little brains have developed the idea where it's like, "Well, where's the fun in that?" Because it goes back to we're all addicts, honestly, in every <laughs> single way. Because what is capitalism without this addiction to like, "Oh my God, we grew by hundred percent last week," and woo, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, I sold this much," and it's it is fun though. Like I've been there. I was in sales for years before I became a therapist, and it's wow. the best. Thing ever when you like, you get a big deal, and they're like, "You're killing it," and you're going for it. But then again, it's like, just like any other addiction, it gets to the point where you need your fix. And you're like, yeah. I can't, you know, get any more into this vein. There's nothing left. Like, <laughs> you know, unless I'm, what am I going to sacrifice to keep this growth? So yeah. I think we're all addicts, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to be. Cause again, the source is within us. When we try to get our fix from outside, we're going to, ex- you know, ex- exhaust all the resources yeah. uh, that we've created. We made up money but now we're running out of it because yes. we can't figure out a system that can handle the inflation and the and, you know all of that stuff. I don't understand finances that well, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and but the resources of our earth, because we're like, oh, yeah. I got this million dollar idea with all these products and plastics, and so we're producing, producing, and then people are consuming, consuming, and we're acting as if the poor planet is can go on forever. Yeah, with our little games, and it can't.
1: No, no. And we're
0: going to have to humble ourselves. I mean, talk about like going back to village community where Native Americans and people or members of community recognize what you put in, you must put out, right? What you take, you must give back. Yes. We have Completely lost touch with that notion. And myself included. It's so easy. We can go to the supermarket and buy pre-made and pre-packaged foods and not think about where it came from or what it took or the material used to make it. And we just put it, throw it in our garbage or our recycling bin and hope for the best and then move on. So it's like we're hitting this fever pitch of this disconnect from source, this disconnect from where do the things that we use come from? Where are the resources and how can we honor them? Mm -hmm. Because we don't, we're not honoring Mother Earth and talk about like, you know, the ultimate Yoni, Mother Earth herself. There's got to be somewhere on this planet that represents like the actual Yoni. I bet it's a beautiful place. Yes, Mother Earth. But, you know, it's she, too, needs she has her power and she's been gracious enough not to blow us all out into the, you know, (laughs) the cosmos and let us stay here as her little guest. But, man, I don't think she's going to let us stay much longer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. And the sad thing (laughs) is that people are, you know, there is a wave of awareness of, of people who are, you know, lovers of the planet, who are aware of what's happening. There is a whole um, trend of farming, you know, uh, becoming independent farmers. But for the most part, we're all completely sub unconscious. You know, and I, I have friends who order from Amazon, bless Amazon, we love delivery service, but there are people who order from Amazon Five or six different things a day. And all of these things are coming in separate boxes, in huge packages. And the, the they open up their item, which there might be a lipstick. And I, even I'm guilty of this. I'll get a I'll order a lipstick. It'll come in a box. It doesn't come in an envelope. It comes in a, box. With a ton of wrapping. With wrapping, with bubble wrap. And I'm like, oh my (laughs) god! I don't want to throw this in the trash can. But I'll go. But and I save boxes. You should see them at the top of my refrigerator—a bunch of boxes. But I'll go out into the dumpster, and there are dozens of boxes. You know, we're just so unconscious. We're we're a throwaway society. You know, we're a prepackaged society, and um, you know, it's going to take a huge uh, harmonious. Harmonious effort—a bunch of organizations simultaneously—and a huge, huge effort to switch that con- to that consciousness. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's interesting. You say it's going to take this harmonious. Because I was just talking to my mom the other day, and she was, you know, she she actually had just seen there's a new bio or bio out about George Carlin, the comedian. Oh, I heard about that. I heard about. I it. I love him. I yeah. love him, and he was talking about these things. 30 years ago 20 years however long ago he was speaking to the way that we conduct ourselves and just how ridiculous it is and wasteful and how you know disconnected we are and all these things in a hilarious way and I love that man I loved him yeah and we were she was asking like what is it going to take right and we're all kind of asking that question like where is this going you know what is it going to take for us to really shift and come into that harmony of You know, we're not all separate from the things that we do. Our actions have consequences. We may not see them, but I think that's the tricky part for all of us. Is we we can go about our day and think, well, this is fine and that's fine, and I can drive and use gas and do all these things, and it's fine. And it is. And there's no blame being placed. It's just we don't. How do we have more acknowledgement? How can we conduct ourselves in a different way? Because right now we do feel like, well, this is what we do. You know, how would I live any other way? How would I get the things that I need to get through the day? Yeah. So I think the answer is that if that's the issue is this is how I live it's well maybe we need to take a serious look about how we live.
1: Yes. You know that's that's exactly right. And a lot of people are leaving the cities. They're moving into a more simple lives lifestyles. They're finding that they're they're willing to get you know leave the high paying jobs in order to live more simply. Um, so I have heard that in California there's a huge wave of people like leaving.
0: Yeah, there's an exodus a bit. Well, some people say it's a myth. It's not really happening. Other people say it is. I I bet it's somewhere in the middle. People are leaving. People are, um, you know, I actually did a cross-country road trip and I went out to like Arizona, New Mexico, to Tennessee. And (laughs) anywhere you go, you'll hear, oh, you're a Californian (laughs) because they're seeing lots of us, Um, which is fine. The unfortunate thing is that what, what is happening is that a lot of people that leave California have the means to live in really nice places that are more affordable. So what they do is people who are like native to those states, who may like families who might've been saving for a long time to get a loan and, you know, pay a mortgage for a house, somebody will swoop in and pay cash and they'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we're still, we're making an effort to get off the grid and more into the land. Hopefully those people are planting gardens. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like we're all figuring it out. And I, I try really hard. I think it's hard for all of us to not place judgment or blame or anything, but I don't see the answer ever to be blaming or like condemning anything. I've talked about that a lot in the show, but anytime you condemn, because when you talk about energy, we're all connected. When you condemn someone else, those X, Y, or Zs, they're ruining everything. They're causing all this trouble. It's you. We're a part of, we're yep. all connected. And, and we're, you know, as you know, from the Bible, as Jesus said, he, without sin, cast the first stone. We right. all we're all a part of it. None of us are totally innocent. We're all in this world together. We know how hard it is. We all have done things that were not aligned with the highest good.
1: That is beautiful. That is a wonderful reminder. It really really is. I need to be reminded of that a lot. <laughs> And that's because I do, I get, and
0: you know, it was interesting one time I was I was having a moment a few years ago when all this stuff kind of started popping off in my conscious. And I was like, what are we doing? Why are we such consumers? And I'm getting rid of all my stuff and I'm going to be a minimalist. And I remember like driving past Target and I was like, stupid Target, that's the problem right there. And I heard, you know, we'll call this Claire audience where you hear things, oh. your intuition. And I heard, do you see the love? And it was this very gentle voice. And I was, and at first I'm like, no, there's no love there. It's Target. But then I thought about, the workers who work there Aww, and their yeah. families who get to eat and have a home. And I thought about people who go and buy blankets for their loved ones. And so it's not all bad. It's not like Amazon or Target is you know, nefarious or evil in itself. It's right. just a matter of, is this working for us? We always just have to ask, is it working? Mm-hmm. No blame place, just you know, asking. Can, yeah. okay, I, I hear your opinion. Do you feel like it works for everyone?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, maybe not maybe so maybe there's a way to
1: balance it mm-hmm. my balance is always the key yeah yeah that is that's beautiful that is such a beautiful reminder it is a reminder that we are all connected we are all a part of it you know just like i order from amazon every now and then you know it's uh we all are a part of the system
0: yeah so, so and together if we can look at it more as together as you know, again, we all need to figure this out. It's not even yeah. just some of us, you know, we're all again swirling on this planet and we all call it home.
1: Yeah.
0: So I think less blame, but more, you know, ex- communication. That's why I really wanted to start a podcast is I believe in the power of the spoken word. When you speak something, it gets, you know, I was talking the other day to someone about when you put your voice out there, the interesting thing, or when you listen to someone else's voice, when you read a book, their sentiment kind of lives within you. You'll Mm -hmm. find yourself, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, gosh, remember that thing that Melanie said? That was really interesting. So when you, when you generate conversation, it brings things alive in people, Yes, the commonalities that we all have. How can we all be at peace? How can we be happy? How can we stop some of the suffering? How can we make life better for more people? These ideas start coming when we talk about it. Right? And when we and talking makes us come together because
1: we see what we have in common rather what we don't. Yes. And it also helps us to wake up. It helps us, you know, just like you said, think about something that something someone said. It can totally change. Sometimes it takes only a sentence to completely change your attitude about something or influence your direction in life or influence a decision that you make just yes. and that's what this whole that's why your podcast is so important and you and you always have really highly conscious intelligent women on your show and what they have to they say are culture changers like oh. this one right here <laughs> you're so weak this, this
0: one on it right you now you girl both of us <laughs> hey
1: yeah,
0: baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is that um, that's how I see things really changing is when people feel safe in sharing their thoughts and ideas and it, and being able to share their perceived poor deeds or misconduct. Because right now, we live in such a tense time that everyone's terrified, of people finding out that they, that they did anything wrong or bad or out of line. Because you know we've gone crazy with cancel culture yes. and all those things. And I understand needing to protect those because it goes both ways. There are people who get away with doing things that oppress and exploit people and they get away with it because they have power. But at the mm-hmm. same time, when we just bury that person as if they never existed, again, that's a piece of us. That's a piece of life. You can't just condemn someone the right. greatest example we can set is if we say, hey, this person was human and they made a decision that hurt others. How can we work with them to see if they can find ways to rehabilitate their actions so they're, no, they're more in harmony, harmony and balance, Yeah, you know, and not in like the sort of like straighten someone out kind of way, but just like a, a really like, hey, you can't go about hurting people. So why were you, why were you hurting someone? Well, People hurt people because they're in pain, or because they think that no one cares about them. They've done these amazing studies, and there's documentaries out about people who've gone into prisons and worked with people, worked with prisoners, and got these gener- or generated these conversations. And you'll see inmates in tears talking about nobody cared about me. I grew up in a home where I, w- you know, didn't have food on my table, and I was called horrible things, and I was abused. And why would I ca- think about what I did to others because no one cared about me? Right. Everybody has a reason. And if we don't listen to them, then we're denying their humanity. We can't deny anyone's humanity. We're not
1: going to get anywhere that way. Right. Oh, my God. That is so heartbreaking. I know. I think compassion is something that our society really needs to have more of, love and compassion, just like what you're saying, that if the if the people who are actually trying to hurt others, I mean, you know, there's compassion to be had for them. Sometimes also, I feel like people make honest mistakes when yeah. they are communicating. And in social media, it's super easy. And in our culture, where everything is happening so quickly, and unless you're actually reading the streaming uh, stories every minute of the day, we might not know what is right or wrong or bad or good or what has just happened. And, you know, some people stumble, accidentally stumble into a situation where they say something that's perceived as hurtful. And we just need to be more compassionate instead of attacking all the time. It's just like what you said a few minutes ago. It's like, we can't, let's not, uh, you know, let's be, let's, um, you know, because first of all, we all are, are all connected, but this culture just is, I don't want to attack our culture who's attacking, <laughs> oh but, it just, oh, but it just gets too meta. It just,
0: it does.
1: But I, I hear you. You do need to be more
0: compassionate. Yeah. Cause all sides again, to bring it out to, we're all one. I think of it as, you know, the macro and the micro with, when I work with individuals, as you work with individuals, women, people who are trying to find a way to build some self-esteem to not feel so bad and down on themselves. Yeah. You have to show them that there's no part of them that needs to be, again, disowned or condemned in order to be okay. Because as a therapist, you see a lot of people, we, you go through trauma and or you do something in your life and you think, I hate that part of myself. I hate that that happened and I want it to go away you know so i'm going to bury that person i'm going to bury that memory i'm going to pretend like it never happened and i never did that but the truth is that you can't cut out a part of yourself you are it's a part of you so all you do is just really kind of like push it down and keep it it's and then it's just going to get louder you know mm-hmm. it's it's just going to want to be heard because it's still you're trying to deny it but it's still there the yeah. same goes for the human race if we say these are bad seeds, these mm-hmm. people, they did bad things. We got to, you can't cut them out. They're a part of us. We're all together in this. So when we try to do that, again, it just affects the rest of us. Cause then all, well, first of all, we see that and we say, well, then I sure as heck i am not ever going to speak out and be truthful. And the moment that we right. stop being able to speak our truth, yeah, is when, and that's where we are right now. Yeah. Everyone's terrified to, they'll speak a truth that is popular. Mm -hmm. They'll speak a truth where people will say, oh, that's so beautiful, but a real truth, you can get thrown out. You'll never be heard of again in most circles. So yeah, it's it's a tense and stressful time, but I don't know. There's something like wanting to break through the surface. I feel it's like, you know, this bubbling up, like a little bird pecking at his egg. Something's about to break through,
1: be born Well, you know, it it is part of the power too, what you were saying about, you know, saying the wrong thing, not being afraid of saying the wrong thing. I do think that part of what we all need to do is just step into our power. This is like right back, circling back to the very beginning of the conversation and being so confident in ourselves that we're willing to take the risk of being called down. And then and if we and if it's something that we believe in and that we're passionate about, we'll just keep coming back. You know, it's we don't have to stay down. If somebody yes,
0: and if enough of us support each other, and we'll lift each other back up. Yeah, right. And especially women, because and this is also something that's been brought up on this show and in many circles is that women still have this generational trauma because we've Mm -hmm. been killed for centuries for speaking. Yeah, we've been killed for centuries for having innovative ideas or speaking. You know, things that were not convenient. We're killed and we're scared. We yep. have fear on it. But you know what? That's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Sure, bad things can still happen, but we're not going to be burnt at the stake anymore. That's right. That is, that's right. At least, at least in America. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are some That's places true. That really that's true. I mean, I, that's why I'm saying, like, it's not a blanket statement. That's not a fair statement. I don't know how things work in other places. And it's terrifying for women still in oh many gosh. places in the world. But, you know, that time will come too. We're, we're ever evolving. And evolving always means moving into a higher state and a higher state is never oppressing or harming any other person.
1: Oh, beautiful. And I'm looking forward to that world. Well, you're helping create it. And you are too.
0: With your books and your work. Oh, can we just talk quickly, Melanie about, so you did talk about our, you know, you're a teacher of the energetic arts. So you talk about um, how our energetic vibration is an influence of our life. So because here's the big question everyone asks. Here's the question that we all know, Melanie. Okay. Because everyone will say this. Our world is a mess. Our world is a mess. What the heck are we supposed to do? Nothing. There's nothing I can do. But you, know, to, you to my mind, your statement of our energetic vibration influences our life. Well, that's what's within our power. Yep. Within our power is our energetic vibration that is a part of the whole. What yep. we do affects the whole. Call it your vibration. Your vibration is your essence, your actions, your being. So how do you work with people on that? Because it is empowering. And honestly, it's, it's uplifting to think there is something I can do. I can't change the world, but I can change myself. In some ways.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that I do my work. I help women build their self-esteem, their self-love, so that their vibration raises because it's gonna help raise the collective, the feminine collective. The feminine connect collective is going to help raise the vibration of the planet, you know, that's so masculinely, you know, dominated by masculine energy. And you know, need the we need masculine energy. I I never Ever say women need to rule the world. I never say that. I do say we need to be equal in the way we run the planet. And but we, uh, need, both.
0: we need to both have positions. The analogy of the the two wings of a bird, male and female, so that because both have different abilities, they each create balance in their own way. But right now it's yes, you know, we've only got one wing and that's why we're
1: spiraling down that's exactly right yeah. and also i just feel like you know our self-love and our our vibration it you know it sounds woo-woo back into the woo-woo the laws of attraction it really does help us live a better life because the theory is if you have a vi- high vibration and a good clear vision of what you want to manifest especially if it's positive you can attract it you can create it and you can attract it and i in my experience even if you don't get it, you don't attract it you don't create it at that time, during that time or in the time frame that you want it or ever, it's enough to help you just be in a place of joy. And being in a place of joy is really as important as eating because there is nothing worse than living life where you're feeling depressed, fearful, low, dull, like, oh my gosh, life sucks that vibration is not good. That's not good for the planet. It's not good for you. But when you're in a place of I'm happy, I'm in love, my life is beautiful. Look how gorgeous my place is. Look how gorgeous the planet is. Yes, I want to manifest a job where I make a million dollars a year. Yes, I want to manifest a partner in my life. Or yes, I want to be the healthiest I can possibly be. But if you don't get that or you don't get it in the time that you want when you're living in a place of being joyful and happy and that's a good thing. You don't even need the million dollars. You don't even need the man. You do need health. You gotta have health. I gotta tell you. That's one of that's a big must-have. I my learned that life. too this year, my dear.
0: That's been a big yeah. Theme. Health is is important. Yes. As is the well-being of all our physical,
1: mental, and emotional. Yes. Okay so just being in joy living in that joyful vibe baby it will make life good well that's
0: all we ever really want why does somebody want a million dollars because they'll be yeah. happy they think they'll be happy they'll be sitting on a beach in Cabo every day Woo! I feel joy but you could be sitting in your 200 square foot oh, okay. of studio and be like I just yeah. got to go buy some popcorn and candy and watch a movie on Netflix exactly, oh, exactly. So, so it's it's all relative and really we're all seeking the same thing Yes. So it's just a, a matter of shifting the lengths we need to go to get to it and, and evening out and balancing things. But you're so right. And it, it does because I again I've struggled so much in my life with insecurity. And I look at myself and I the way that I look at my clients when they're struggling or my friends. And it's like it's just so tragic because there's no reason for you to feel this way. There's every reason to feel confident and great about yourself, but something yeah. kind of happens that it's like. This fear that well, I don't think I can because I think mm-hmm. it's a lot about, you know, again, fear fear that you're going to miss out. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to get what you really wanted because you're not good enough. So I can't be happy and I can't embrace who I am because I'm not what I wanted to be or what I thought I should be. And it um it's, you know, it's an epidemic. If you want to call that like a bit of a virus that you get, this insecure, low
1: self-esteem virus, we've all got it. Yeah. I read a scary statistic that 85% of the population around the world suffers from low self-esteem. 85%.
0: So, yeah. Show me somebody who's super stable and confident and they're like, I bet they glow or something. That's so rare. They're like a unicorn. Right. We right. do have unicorns in our world. It's people who are s- sincerely confident. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. just because they're boastful, right? There's a big difference between right. somebody who's like showing, you know, puffing out their chest and saying st- wait, you're trying to pr- again, trying to prove something. Cuz true right. confident people, they're not trying to prove or disprove. They're just being, and exactly. they just say confidence really in and of itself is just, again, it's just a state. Yes. It's just, a, you're, you are confident that you are all you need just as you are.
1: You, it's a knowing. It is. And, and sometimes it takes a little work to get to that. Sometimes well, yeah, that's what it takes yeah. the deep dive. It takes the deep, deep dive and it take, and it might not take a a day. It might take a year. It might might take three months. It might take some time to get to that point where you really get it, you believe it, you embody it, uh, that you're phenomenal. And then that's when you can, but it stays with you for the rest of your life. Because then once you've stepped, made that step, you're not going to go back you know, you you know the components, you'll understand the components of you and your gifts and your magnificence. And there's not going back when you find that. And yeah. It's to be the guide for the rest of your life. Yeah. I think I shared this quote with you when
0: we talked the other day, but I, I read once when I was in my twenties and probably at like the bottoming out point of low self-esteem. <laughs> and I was collecting quotes to try and like bring me back to life. And there was one quote that said, having low self-esteem is like trying to drive through life with the pa- parking brake on. You know, it's that feeling of like, this is so hard. Oh. So to your point, once you take that break off, you're going to be like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, nice, that <laughs> easy feeling. So Melanie, let me ask you this for our listeners who like me are sort of like, yeah, this is all great, but I don't know how to let go of this because mm-hmm. I will say that low self-esteem and low self-confidence can feel like it's bone deep. Sometimes it it feels like it's just in there. And when something happens, you can just be like, oh, there it is. Like it's this heaviness. heaviness, Which, you know, reminds me of joy is a high vibration, low self-confidence is, and it feels, it's a low vibration. You can feel it because you feel, I always feel kind of dragged down when I feel insecure. Yes. So what can we do when, if we're trying to release this and we, we want to take that parking break off, we want to see our worth and our value and own our Yoni and love it. How, would you have any tips,
1: just some <laughs> little takeaways for the audience? Sure. Okay. So for sure, one thing that is a one, it is a really great way to get an instant boost on who you are is to, uh, It's super simple, and it's so common sense. First of all, write a list. Just sit down and write a list of all of your gifts, all of the things that make you special. Even if it's like I've got a great smile, um, my teeth are straight, uh, I have pretty hands, I've done this, I accomplished that. Just write lists and lists and lists of all of the great things that you have accomplished that you were born with the gifts that you um, are are innate to you that you don't even have to try to do. You're an artist. You speak well. You have a great singing voice. You have ESP. You know. Write down all of these phenomenal bits about who you are, and just realize that um, you are. This is all part of your divinity, and that you are a part of this divine field. You're always connected and you're an emanation of goddess. So, and then just really, really drink that in and really feel that. And just, you know, just don't try to say, no, I'm not. I'm not the goddess. Just say it, just be it because you are just know it because there's no denying it. And then um, that's one technique that I can offer. The other is, I mean, there's a lot that I can offer Journaling to me is a really fantastic way to get through crap that's buried deeply. I believe in journaling every morning and especially if there's an emotion that needs to come up. Just write and write and write and write. Write about it. If you get mad as you write, you know, do whatever it takes. Pound your pen into the journal if you have to. Get angry or if it's something dreamy, go deep, just go deep, 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 right every day. In fact, there is an, um, I don't know if you know of Julia Cameron, she wrote the book, The Artist's Way. Mm, and her one of her exercises, which is what I, this is actually her exercise, is to write three pages every day. It's called the morning pages. Write it when you first wake up. It's when your consciousness is it's most clear. Before you start thinking about your day and your list of things to do and how angry you were at so and so and you're dreading the job. It's just that's when you write. And just really clear out some of the crap in your in your psyche. Yeah. That helps, and then um, another thing that I do is I do affirmative prayer. Affirmative prayer is tap is is praying to Goddess or the divine or the universe, knowing that I am part of this 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 field of love, intelligence, and beauty, and affirming that it's going to be a great day, that I am uh, a confident and beautiful woman, that I'm that I. Everything I say is divinely channeled, and so it's going to be perfect and right. And that um, I can't do any wrong, and that I will be guided through the day. And I'm telling you, the those little things help a lot. Those the that those easy techniques are very helpful. Yeah, yeah. You can call it
0: your power zone. Get into your power zone where you're honing and harnessing your your power, your inner goddess. And thank you so much for those, Melanie. Those are really helpful. And it's always nice to have tangible take-home ideas to do these things that can feel so nebulous and so challenging. And one thing I'd like to contribute and add is... And I would tack it on to your affirmation, you know, speaking affirmation, affirmation prayer, is add to that a visualization. That's something I offer a lot to my clients is when they have trouble seeing themselves as that powerful goddess with this yoni that is infinite of source right with them all the time is to really like visualize your throne. You know, like I tell people, get get it, When you say your affirmations, what does your throne look like? What do you look like as a goddess? You know, you look like yourself, but also if you want to have fun with it, like where is your, what color are you? What's your aura? What's your prowess? You know, I like to envision almost like a lioness type energy where it's like, big hair and orange and red and purple. Just, you know, just think mm. about it. Like what would you be if you suddenly, you know, transformed into your goddess self because, and cause you'd be different than any other goddess that ever was. We're all our own unique goddess, right? Oh. So think about that because, and think about sitting in your throne and what does that feel like in your body to, you know, have that, you know, innate knowing and confidence that you are powerful and of worth and of worth and not any better or any less than anyone else, but you're Own unique beauty and presence in this world that deserves to be seen and heard and worshiped by yourself, most importantly. Yes, that is beautiful. Beautiful. And the other thing is that once we all start worshiping ourselves in a healthy way, not in like a, you know, you know what I mean, type of way, but in like a knowing your value way, we all kind of chill out. When I worship myself, I'm not trying to cut someone else down so I can feel better. Exactly. Where I'm not rushing to worship idols because I can't see value in myself. That's another interesting thing is like celebrity culture and all that. Again, not, not blaming, just observing, just make it an observation. When we do that, it's almost like we put them up here and we're down here. I mean, people that do awesome things and get super successful and noted for it, they're super talented. It's awesome. But we have this construct that that means that they're of greater value, which inherently means we, others are of less value. So I think there's a wonderful thing to bring gifts into the world, but do we you know, need to elevate others to a higher level in our psyche? Right. And because I think it keeps us down. So again, just questions to ask. Asking questions is so important, I think. Ask questions like a little kid. Why? 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 Why do we do it this way? Why are things this way? I think the more we ask questions and talk about
1: it, the more we progress. I agree. And that's beautiful what you said about the celebrities. It's so true. They are the god they are the goddesses that our culture worships, which yeah. is unfortunate because they're just humans and they're probably less powerful than most of us, but they're under pressure. Yeah. But but one other one other thing to touch on is that Bring it. it's one thing to be in our spirit, but it's another thing to be in our body. And for us to just get in our bodies and to move our body, love it, worship our body. You know, dance, move, look in the mirror naked and just appreciate the beauty, the folds, the mountains, the valleys, the softness, the hardness, the, you know, the look, the feel. And um, that will help us to also feel confident in ourselves because we're just spiritual beings having a human experience. So these bodies are just our vehicle, but it's our gift. It's the gift that we've been given to be on the planet.
0: Yeah. And um, whatever form or shape or size, it is like still, it's like, oh my gosh, look at this thing I have. Yes. And we're, we're spirit in here. So our spirit is kind of like, oh dang, I didn't know about this. Exactly. Know like we should, again, we should all be having fun with it. But I mean, talk about another issue is like body issues and body, oh, yeah. you know, body, body image. image stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, and so that's, I, I do a lot of work because I, as a therapist, I specialize in eating disorders and body image. So I'll encourage a lot of clients when they're like, well, I don't, you know, maybe they were restricting for a long time and they're finally becoming healthy again and restoring weight. And it's like, because uh, I've been there, you know, where it's like you, you've you gotten to a really low weight and it's unhealthy and you get back to healthy and healthy feels like, oh no, this is too big. This is too much. And you learn to like just, well, what are you afraid of about your body that it takes up space? What is too big? What does that mean? Too big for what? Right. And so it's like, so looking in a mirror can be without any clothes is freeing because it's like, Maybe it's not taking up too much space. Maybe it's just perfect. Like, and just looking and at, you said, like the, the peaks and the valleys and the, you know, the hills and the humps and all the good things. <laughs> I would encourage my clients when they're like, well, I can't be happy because my pants don't fit. It's like, well, take off your pants and dance and see what it looks like to just be like, yes. this is what I'm rocking right now. This is my body. And who, why would I want to shame it or discredit it? It's just this. Powerful, amazing tool we have to get through life that does literally nothing except for just work for us twenty four seven. Yep,
1: yep. Oh, it pumps wow. our
0: blood. It you know grows our hair, sheds our skin. It does it all just for us on automatic. And all we can say is, yeah, but you know, what right. about this? And what about this? And oh, this. Right,
1: right. <sighs> Again, and that's such an interesting state where we live in. It is, it is, oh my God, and the judgments based on cultural uh, standards. So I love that you do work with women to help them love their bodies. Holy cow, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah,
0: well, thank you, you're doing it
1: too. You know, and
0: I love to do more of it and reach more people around that. But I'm just so glad that, again, the more I do this podcast and do, you know, connect with this type of community, it's so encouraging to see how big it is and how many people also kind of all collectively are getting these concepts in our consciousness, you know, Yes. we're yeah. all kind of like having, and I think a lot of it, I, I'm a big believer in our ancestors being with us other, yeah. you know, however out there you want to get, but there's other species from other places that, you know, know the potential of life on earth and are kind of trying to help us. Yeah. Um, I believe in that. So, and angels, angels are, you know, the, those um, energies and souls that were once here and no longer. And to me, my thought is that once anybody passes from earth, they're like, oh my gosh, like, why are people so uptight and serious? Like I w- they need to just be free, right? So I feel like those, when you get this message, that's like, you know, very soothing to me, that's an angel and they're wanting to guide us to a, a place of greater freedom. I would uh-huh. say that freedom is probably my favorite word in terms of like it, to this to me it means a true expression of something it's free there's nothing holding it back there's nothing confining it it's free to be expressed and when all human beings are free to express themselves
1: that's going to be a gorgeous thing wow you are so woo. you're it's wonderful that you are so like dimensional you're, you're <laughs> dimensional that's are you, cool. It is. I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah. Dimensional. Dimensional. (laughs) I mean, you're totally in your body. You're into the mentality. You're into the psychology. You're into the spiritual. You're into the environmental. You're really, you're into your intellectual. It's, it's really fantastic. And we, you, we need more women like you. And there are a lot of women who are stepping into it. And in fact, we were kind of talking about it, how, uh, it happens the collective i do feel that right now there are more women who are abandoning like the whole uh great resignation leaving that corporate thing to go yeah. to their, their um you know fulfill their spirit yeah their passion pursuit the things their that passion. they love and care about yeah. yeah so many wonderful incredible beautiful powerful strong smart women are are here we are doing our work to raise the collective consciousness. and We are here. um,
0: And, you know, of course, amazing men too, amazing humans, right? Oh, absolutely. Use the word women to, I mean, well, one, because women have been kind of pushed down and put away as far as like being able to step forward with their true, what they value, what they see is important. But, you know, there's, again, feminine is a consciousness. It's an essence. It's an energy. And both, and, and, Women also embody a lot of masculine, both, oh, yeah. not so, both you know, um, divine and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want to use the word toxic, but just, you know, maybe just a human. Somebody called it that one time. There's divine and then just like human energy, which is more, again, based in like, can get caught up in the ego, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just beautiful things happening from everybody and it seems to be increasing. So I'm inspired by that. I'm encouraged by that, by women like yourself, Melanie, thank you for what you do. Thank you for writing books. I say this to so many people, but like the idea of writing a book is like beyond me. It's really hard. I know I will someday, but it's, I didn't even like to write two page essays. No, (laughs) so a book is like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. But it will, it takes dedication though. So thank you for putting out into the world. I can't wait to read it. Oh, great. Thank you. Yes, that will be great. And Melanie, if people want to find you, if they want to work with you, if they want to order your books, How can
1: they do so? Great. Okay. Well, I can be reached at my website, which is positiveenergywoman.com. Positiveenergywoman.com. And you can order my book through the website or Amazon. Amazon. I mean, I'll hold it up. This is uh, for those who can actually, who actually see it. This this is the sexy, spirited and strong becoming a positive. Talk about sexy. That's a sexy workbook. I <laughs> and then this is the Venus rising Yoni yoga guidebook. Oh gosh. The so, colors are so pretty. Oh, Melanie. You.
0: Thank you. Thank so fabulous. you. You're so wonderful. Well, this has been an absolute delight. Oh, I love this. So glad we made this happen. Me thank too. you for being on the show and I'll see you next time. Cause I would love to have you back. Oh, Whitney, Whitney, thank you, thank you. You are a power woman and you make my day. Thank right you back so at much. you. <laughs> I just wanna know one. All right, take care, Melanie. Thank you very much,
1: Whitney.
0: That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guest. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.